Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and we have so much to talk about on week three of Gabby and Rachel's journey. Things are quite dramatic and a lot of tears to break down. And I have someone who has shed a tear to himself on The Bachelor, maybe once, um, Connor Brennan, who you remember from Katie Thurston's season of The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise. Connor, how are you? I'm doing great, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. How are you? Thank you for coming on. I've been loving your live tweets, which is why I reached out to you. I was like, I know you're watching and you're trying to wrap your head around what this what this is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the funny thing is, I actually have been live tweeting The Bachelor for ages since way before I was on the show. It's just no one cared and no one uh, got any likes on my tweets. <laughs> I just, uh, I've, my parents actually got me started watching The Bachelor like in high school. Wow. We started watching it back then. So yeah, long time watcher, first time, uh, first time podcaster here. Oh, wow. This is so exciting then. Oh, I'm so honored. Um, and wow. So you've seen the show go through a lot of different changes and then got to be a part of it. That must've been trippy when you were finally there. It really was. And I didn't really tell anybody that I watched the show much because you see people like get labeled as a super fan just because they watched the show. So I was yeah. just like, yeah, I've seen the show a couple times. And I never think that's fair because I get more angry when they don't know what they're signing up for and they get mad about the process. I would prefer someone who understands, you know, yeah, more than one person's going to go to the fantasy suite. And you agreed to that when you walked into this Absolutely. mansion, sir. Do your research, <laughs> be prepared when you show up. Yeah, just don't bring a folder like that one guy did um, all weirdly. Like, just <laughs> be cool wild. about it. That right. was wild. Right. Um, well, overall, how have you been feeling about watching Two Bachelorettes? Um, I personally have been saying that I'm quite entertained, but I worry about the long-term effect on poor Gaffey and Rachel's potential mental health and therapy bills that I hope ABC is paying for um, because I think it's been great TV, but it feels quite excruciating for them. Yeah, I, you know what? I need to think about how I feel about that too. It's definitely been interesting to watch. Uh, I don't know that it's better than having just one bachelorette. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been interesting to see them kind of figure things out. The one thing I will say about it is it's really cool to see Gabby and Rachel's relationship with each other and to have each other to like bounce ideas off of and process things. Cause I feel like being bachelor or bachelorette can probably be a really lonely role at times. So having someone to go through it is, is pretty cool. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think if anything, what's going to come out of this for sure is the two of them like solidified, I, I was joking because it's like those promos are like best friends, best friends. It's like, are they really? But watching them on screen, they communicate with each other better than any bachelor couple I've ever seen. 
yeah it's it's actually been really cool to see like when gabby's going through something tough rachel comes in and it's like hey like i'm sorry you had to go through that like even if they kind of fought a little bit here and there in this episode like they're they really clearly care about each other which is yeah i think so too and it, it kind of brings us to this episode where we have 21 guys left and Whew. we see i know it's there's so many of them still it's hard to get to know their names right. um and the guys are kind of talking about getting their joint roses and it's funny because I feel like, and maybe you can speak to this as someone who's been a contestant on the show. If you were in your, their shoes and it was Gabby and Rachel and they were presenting the roses as joint, but Gabby said your name, wouldn't you kind of take that as like, all right, maybe I'm, I'm on the Gabby side. Yeah. I think if, if the girl who says your name, I'd be like, okay, she gave me the rose. I'm going to focus on her. Right. That's also been the confusing part. And we saw that really kind of blow up in this episode. Yeah. Things, I think it was like a lot of tension was building and finally this episode shit just exploded. Yeah. And I'm happy it happened early because I think yeah. in a few more weeks, it really would have actually been like more real feelings involved. Now it's more just like you're embarrassed and that no one wants to feel that way. But if it was a couple more weeks, I think it could have gotten even messier in a way that wouldn't have been good TV. It would have actually just been sad. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, you know, the guys are trying to figure out who they want to be with. Jesse Palmer comes in and I only bring this up just because I love Jesse Palmer. I think he's just like a, I like the way he just kind of comes in and out and really doesn't know what's going on half the time so much it seems because they're making this up. Mm. But he, in this episode, when he was like, okay, there's going to be two one-on-one -on -one dates and a group date, they were all acting like that was revolutionary. Right. And that's just the format of the show. <laughs> Did you <laughs> pick up what? on that? dates what are you yeah. talking about like i don't know if they just were encouraged to be like a little excited but they were really like wow high stakes it's like there's <laughs> always a group there's always a date a rose on the one-on-one -on -one. yep maybe they haven't watched the show maybe they haven't done their research maybe maybe rachel got the first one-on-one -on -one with zach um she had a few guys tino tyler uh avon who kind of wanted it so you can kind of see who's team rachel here mm -hmm. um what did you think of zach this was a actually a really cool date um I think I liked Zach, uh, especially, you know, seeing like his mom come in and talk and then seeing Rachel's mom come in and talk and then seeing him get emotional. I'm, I'm a huge family guy myself. So anytime someone has a really good connection with their family, that goes a long way with me. Um, I think I like their connection together. What, what do you think of him and, and their connection together? I really like him. I think he's very um, personable and he seems to be pretty comfortable yeah. in front of the camera. So it didn't feel like awkward. He didn't make me like, sometimes people I feel like you can tell mm -hmm. aren't quite adjusting to like being on the show. Um, I think he's cute. And I also thought they kissed a lot for a f early one-on-one -on, -one on the show. <laughs> like so they the kissed chemistry. it upon, upon like getting out of the limo for the date. They don't, I don't know. I feel like that was kind of early for like a, an embrace. Well, maybe, but uh, you know, you don't have a lot of time on that show. So Fair. making use of it. <laughs> and Karama was there. And um, I'll say this, That's not right. you. I think those were some of the ugliest outfits they've ever put people in on this program. Um, but it was fun. They seem to be like, having fun with it. I see. Okay. When I do my, my feedback, my live tweets, every time before I send a tweet, I'm like, is this mean to anybody? Yeah. And I really try, cause I, there's so many mean tweets out there. Yeah. So many. And I've been on the other side of receiving those. Okay. So I'm always like, there's ways to live tweet this and just, you know, figure out way, things that are funny without like really hitting. Yeah. And they're, they are great people, but those clothes yeah. were questionable. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 the outfits were interesting. The I'll outfits were interesting. And I feel like usually when they do those like kind of shopping like dates, they make them, it's more like princessy. And this was like, yeah. I, maybe there was a theme they also did, didn't tell us about because they were more like costumes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love Karamo though. Karamo yes. being in it was amazing. Love and him so much. 
he seemed quite inv- invested and passionate. I was buying what he was selling with saying that he really like cares about the show and like is, is a fan. Yeah, he was like really excited to be on the show, it seemed like, which is super cool when they get in a celebrity guest who actually like loves the show. Like, yeah, and you can tell when it's like, oh, this was maybe a spawn that like this is going to be product placement versus like, no, he probably was like reached out and was like, I yeah. want to I be on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And their movie, so we think they're going to a movie premiere and it ends mm-hmm. up being home movies. And people on Twitter, at least, were loving this. Um, and I think, I think two things about it. One, I do think it's very sweet and I think it makes it more real, um, versus like watching them watch a movie would have been weird. Like if it was an actual movie, um, me and you, um, after, especially after the wild, like fake photographer, like situation. Um, but the one thing I did think was like watching other people's home movies without knowing anything about them is not necessarily the most fascinating thing on the planet. Like I, I would maybe need more context. Like, why are you so excited in that video? Is it your birthday? Like maybe they just cut that out, but it was like, you know what I mean? Like watching someone's home movies and you're like, I don't know who you're hugging here. That's yeah, that's a good point. I'm trying to picture like if I went on a first date with a girl and she's like, Hey, we're going to watch home movies of me. I'd be like, okay, all right. I'm with you. That's like a, maybe like a fourth or fifth date. Yeah. Again, everything here gets accelerated and it it played well for both of them. Like you saw them both get pretty emotional. And anytime, you know, when you're sequestered away from your family and friends without a cell phone, anytime you're seeing a video of your family, it really like hits you pretty hard. So yeah, it was, it was a tender moment, even if it, you know, seemed a little strange from the outside. Yeah, it is also, it's a bubble and it's interesting because they're probably only a couple, they're probably like a week into filming, but like, it probably feels like, like you said, being away from your family, no phone. It feels like you've been gone a long time quick, I would assume. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it worked for them. Like you said, they both found out that their parents used to bring them to the airport to watch planes fly. We know Rachel ended up being a flight instructor. Um, and he said he was falling for her. And it was one of those, like, I feel like they were having like an out-of-body experience, like how into each other they were in such a quick time. Yeah, absolutely. That's okay. So that's the thing they both watched. I missed that line. Yeah. I, like, looked away for a second. I was like, wait, 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 wait. They're connected. Why are they crying? Yeah. Why are they crying now? So <laughs> his, he told a story about his dad loved planes and would bring them to the airport to watch planes take off. And she was like, oh, my dad did that. Yeah. And that's definitely not something that I feel like most people do. So that's definitely interesting to have in common. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, I, think I think Zach's one to watch. He will go far, I believe. Yep. Yeah. But I think I've been saying since day one that Rachel and Tino, I just, I don't know if anyone's going to be able to beat the ke- the chemistry she's got with Tino. Uh, shoot. I can't remember Tino. I'm trying to remember all the names. No, it's it, Tino was the one later on that she was making out with on the couch on the football field. But on the that's first right. episode, he brought her to the stairs. He didn't, he wasn't really in the second one. And that's why I'm like, oh, they're hiding him because... She likes Tino. So, so Tino and Zach are your front runners? Yeah, for, for Rachel, I think so. Tino and Zach. Um, Gabby, we see her during this date kind of go to the mansion and spend some time with the guys. Um, they play football, which she was not super she was, into. The guys were like not flirting with her. They were just bro timing. And she's like, this sucks. What? Like no one's flirting with me. Like, what do you think happened there? Like, do you think they just, they didn't know if they could make a move? Do you think like, cause they were in their environment of like, oh, at the house, we just chill. Like what, what was the disconnect? Yeah. It's, it's scary when you're in a big group because you want to go talk to her, but there's, you're, there's 20 guys there. So, so you're like, worried about hurting, stepping on someone's toes, maybe? Yeah, but also it's just intimidating because, you know, if you're going to go flirt with her, everyone's going to watch you flirt with her. Right. Type of thing. And so I don't think it was that any of the guys didn't have interest in her. It's more just like, uh, am I allowed to go talk to her right now? Because we didn't know you were going to be here. And- right. That makes sense. Because from our perspective, watching it just as a viewer, you're kind of just like, poor Gabby. And she plays right. everything off so well. Like, she's so good at 
making awkward situations, not awkward. And whatever, like, I think she's just like great as a bachelorette, but that was quite an awkward situation with them just throwing around the football and not wanting to spend time with her. So it seemed she was just like, okay, I'm going to go. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. I know. Um, and I do think there's something to be said for like, there's more downtime since there's two bachelorettes. So maybe yeah. like, they she's getting in her head about it more like she's like wants to like progress but she has to wait for like rachel's date to be done so she's sitting around and is like i don't know that for a fact but maybe that's because it kind of feels like she's very in her feels very early about not knowing if this is going to work and like being the bachelorette like she's emotional throughout the whole episode but at the beginning here it seems like she's taking it really hard and i wonder if that's partly just because there's more time to worry about it because there's two centers of attention. Yeah, I think that's probably right. And you see both of them get kind of doubtful about their own role as the like co-bachelorette, like at different moments. Like, oh, am I going to be second pick? Like that sort of thing. So that's another interesting dynamic that's been in this season. And it's inevitable. Like as much as they want to support each other and like like that they're different and want to watch each other succeed, like you can't help but when you're in a direct moment compare like it's just human nature. And I know they're trying to avoid that, but I, and I like that they're just being honest about it though. Yeah. And that's the thing is I think they've, they've stayed honest with each other, which is good. Yeah. And I feel like the show's breaking the fourth wall a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe it's because there's two of them. Like they have to talk about being the bachelorette more than maybe they just say like, I'm on a journey. Maybe I'm just, picking, <laughs> I don't, I just feel like they keep talking about being the bachelorette. Sure. Like, it's kind of meta and you've seen the producers a little more. Right. Yeah. We saw a couple producers that I recognized in this episode. I got really excited. <laughs> yeah. Are you like, oh, that's a good one to go to right now in yeah, this moment? Like, Yay. <laughs> Miss him. That's amazing. Um, Gabby had a one-on-one with Eric. And Grandpa, Grandpa John. John. <laughs> Everyone was very excited to see Grandpa Don- John. I, I don't know if Eric was excited to see Grandpa John. Maybe he just has like a, a resting face, but I feel like he more maybe wanted to make out with Gabby and not go bowling with Grandpa John. But yeah. I'm... I'm just projecting here. I don't know. No, you, you might be right. Cause he said a couple of things. They're just like, yeah, I've never been on a date with someone in their grandpa before. And it's like, there's two choices in that situation, right? You can be, be like, this is weird. Why am I on a date with a grandpa? Or you can be like, hell yeah, grandpa John, what's up? Let's go. Like you've got a chance to make an impression with someone who's extremely important to Gabby. Yeah. So he, I think he kind of took the more like normal world. Like, oh, this is weird. That I'm yeah. On a date with a grandpa. And maybe uh, he hadn't seen the season, so he didn't know like how Grandpa John was going to be so be. embraced. We love Grandpa John. We do. We He's need that a bachelor senior show with Grandpa we John. Do. If they're going <laughs> to do it, which I don't know, they, those promos are off the air again. So who knows if Bachelor <laughs> Seniors is happening? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. It's Grandpa John and maybe Julie, the nice red lady they oh, ran yeah. into at the bowling alley, can right. be be a contestant. He is um, such a delight to watch. I love him so much. I think so too. And it made me just like so jealous that she has like such a grand a grandfather who's like so like in tune and like mm-hmm. it, it was just amazing. Um and I think also with I liked that we saw Nate, who clearly is like all in on Gabby, be like kind of jealous that she got to meet her grandpa, which also kind of then made me, maybe that's why also I was like, is Eric excited? Cause like Nate would do anything to be there right now. That's a great point. Yeah. Nate would have loved that date. Would have loved to meet grandpa John and Eric was kind of like, man, you know, it's fine. Yeah. But at night, the night portion, we saw him talk about his parents a little bit and how his parents like marriage, like inspire him and how they're a team. And that brings out in Gabby, which we've seen a little bit already kind of her talking about her mom. And I think it's so interesting that this has come up 
several times on the, a little bit on Clayton season. And then every episode, it feels like, and I know it's a huge part of her journey. And I, I don't know what it's like to relate to that. And I think it's amazing that she is opening up about it because I'm sure it's hard, but I wonder like, does she want to bring it up every time? Or is it like the guys talking about their parents? Is it like important? Is it top of mind? Cause she's filming this show and she's filming extra vulnerable. I feel bad. that just keep having this conversation and like try to explain this conversation, this relationship with her mom. Yeah, I think it's a combination of all of that, right? Like being on the show brings up a lot of emotions. It demands that you're vulnerable right off the bat. And yeah, having these important conversations with these guys and then bringing up their parents and then her kind of naturally bringing up her parents. And so it's, it's yeah, it must be tough on her. And you, and you see that in this episode, her just get really, really emotional. And Eric, I, I don't know what you thought about this, but he, I don't know if he did a great job of, of really saying much to her. I know. Editing, you'd never know. Right. But it kind of seems like he's just like, uh, okay. Like, he what? definitely seemed like alarmed that she was gone for as long as she was. And then when she came back, he just didn't really say much. And again, you might be right. It might be editing. They just didn't show it. But like for her to have to climb on his lap versus like him comforting her was a little strange to me. Well, but I mean, the other thing to think about is she still did give him the rose and she was really like, thank you for all this. So like, regardless of what we saw, he was there for her in that moment in some capacity and she felt safe enough to share all that with him so that that says something about their connection that's a really good point and she did say at the end i wrote down i would do anything to be loved by someone like eric so she took it as like whatever they, they had a good time and she felt comfortable talking to him versus what we saw which did i think felt a little like he didn't say much but yeah i just think it's fascinating and i think there's so many layers to gabby and i feel like we're really seeing a lot because she's comes she's so like goofy and funny and like great on camera but then you know she has these like vulnerable moments talking about her mom and it's just it's tough she really was through the ringer in this episode yeah. there was a, a line i wrote down when she was kind of falling apart and go, went over to talk to producers she said uh like am i too broken for anyone to love Oof. and that oh my god i think that stabbed all of us right in the heart a hundred percent and it's something you hear on this show sometimes i always go back to ben higgins on the unlovable bachelor as they he was dubbed by himself um oh, okay. yeah no like he's very lovable but he called he's his thing that he's like he thought he was unlovable so that it was like oh we're gonna prove ben higgins that he's lovable which he seems very lovable um and for gabby it's kind of like she's going through a lot of internal stuff and we i'm sure rachel is on some degree also but with gabby it feels like she might come out of this learning a lot about herself. I don't know if she'll have a partner, but it feels like she's really like going through like boot camp of like emotion emotional training. boot camp. Yeah. Is that what this show does? Is it just it, like emotional boot honestly, camp? Honestly, yes. <laughs> 100%. Um, what do you think it'd be like to be on a 19 on two date? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let's see. What what was my group date? It was something, it was not 19. 19, I feel like might be the biggest ever. I, I don't know if they the, just said that. I think that. it's a record. I think they set a new record every year for how many people they put on the date. Like, it was so wild watching all the guys run out on You're just like, wait, they're still coming? This is like a stampede of, of hot, greased up men. So many men. Are group dates, especially in the beginning like that, just, are, is it intimidating? Is it fun at all? Is it like, what is a group date like? It's all of that. It's all wrapped up into one and at this point you know you're the guys are really making friends with each other too so you're starting to actually feel a little bit more comfortable you know you're not just on your own um but yeah it's a it's a lot of pressure to try to get time with the bachelorette yeah and do it in a way that's not like stepping on toes per se but yeah it's it's a lot but it could be fun and this one was wild <laughs> wild i thought it was going to be the classic wedding situation but no we were doing family portraits, I think was the theme. What was the theme of this? The theme of this was mayhem. They just literally pulled out all the stops. They're like, what costumes do we have? Put everybody in a costume and just see what the fuck happens. Can I cuss on this show? Yes, you can cuss. Okay, 
it really was a mind f so and and we had franco right that was in yes yeah, yeah. Because Franco was at our group date too. I love Franco. Is that high energy guy? I imagine. Yes, the photographer. He's a lot of fun. He's really, really funny. Um, but yeah, see, like we saw, who was it? It was Meatball as a baby. Who's yes, be- I think Ivan was the pregnant person who gave birth to Meatball. Yeah, so Ivan gave birth to Meatball. Like <laughs> they that was so weird. Holding each other. Like- but then you had the, the guys in cowboy outfits, all mm-hmm. greased up. You had just all sorts of different outfits. Quincy was in a hospital gown that had no back. So yep. he just had Assless. to show off his, his assets. Yeah, um, assets nice. How would you, how would you feel if you were on a group date like this and you had to dress up as a baby and then some of the guys got to look really hot in their suits and get to fake propose? Cause that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> I mean, you, you know me I, as a man who's been in a cat suit. It's true. Tuxedos. <laughs> Always go for the for the funny costume. You'd feel at home in this situation. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know about being dressed up as a baby, but I know you kind of hope for at least maybe like the cowboy look versus right. well, the uh the nice thing is if you wear a diaper, you don't have to, you know, go to the bathroom every so often. So that's that's true. Hopefully they you're in, you're in the moment the entire time. You don't have to leave. Oh my god, that's funny. An advantage. Um Logan, they not Logan, um Jacob, they put in like the Adam and Eve thing. I think oh, they must yeah. hopefully know that he he's the one who showed up with like no shirt on night one, I guess. So they know he's yeah. comfortable with nudity. Cause sometimes on these group dates, like if you got there and you were given a leaf, like I don't know if I'd be like super down. Like, where does this go? <laughs> yeah. Is this my costume? Like, I feel like I wonder if they have to at some point, you know, get not get approval, but just be like, you gotta, I guess they gotta tread lightly with who they give what and see what happens. Yeah, they're not gonna like force anybody to do anything. They'll and they usually feel out who's willing to do what. And sometimes they'll have guys volunteer for stuff like that. So that makes sense. Um, well, lucky for these guys and not so much for, for Gabby, who made it very clear. She doesn't like football. They got to go to the, um, stadium that the Rams and the Dodgers, I think play at in LA. Um, and Rachel, again, just like thriving, living her best life on the field with several different setups. You see her with Tino on the couch. You see, uh, Avon on the cat on the, uh, blanket with her. I feel like he's a strong contender for her um tino makes it clear i'm 100 percent only pursuing you they're very like intertwined and then gabby in addition to we'll get into what the guy said to her but also was like inside the stadium like it just felt like this whole episode was like rachel's gonna shine and poor gabby's just gonna like have the short end of the stick the whole time yeah gabby kind of gets thrown under the bus a little bit and that kind of leads into what happens that night yeah um so it was yeah that was tino on the football field that's right they had a little yeah she's she's a big i'm telling you tino's got it in the bag based on my way too early prediction of analyzing the trailer and watching the show for too long um (laughs) but with gabby we saw tyler who's the one from wildwood new jersey he's like has the carnival games he tells her in a very respectful normal way i'm interested in rachel but i think you're great contrasted by hayden's you're rough around the edges. My morals are more aligned with Rachel and Jacobs. You're smoking, but if you were the only one here, I would leave. <laughs> yeah, that was brutal. And to watch that all happen in a row and like Gabby, bless her soul, is just kind of like, okay, yeah. She doesn't like really get pissed at the guys because, you know, she's like, I respect that. At least you're coming and talking to me, I guess. But to see her just get like one, two, three punched like that and, and to end with, yeah, it was who it was Jacob who said the, Jacob uh, said the morals and, or no, Jacob said the, I would leave if you were the only one that's here. The one, that's the one that yeah. really grabbed me was like, I want you to know that like, if it was just you here, I would go home. <laughs> what? 
that doesn't need to be said at all. Like that no. didn't do anything for anybody that just makes her feel like shit. That doesn't make you look good at all. No. Like why, why was that? Are you just trying to be brutally honest? I don't really understand what his goal was in that. I but don't either. And you can tell by when Rachel's kind of clued in later, she's like, does insulting, does, do they think insulting you makes me like them more? It's like, no, like the way you treat my friends would be part of a pro or con. Yeah, like respect the idea of being like, hey, you're great, but I really care about Rachel. Sure, yeah. that's a good conversation to have. But the way you do it really matters. And that was not the way to go about it. And then, yeah, the ending with the, but obviously you're smoking hot. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> yeah, this guy, this, I feel like there's a lot they're not even showing us. There's probably a lot of hidden footage of this guy putting his foot in his mouth. Like you're breaking up with this girl, you're being a you know dick about it. And then you're saying, but you're really hot. Yeah. The, now you're gonna go date her best friend. Like Everything not to do in that situation. Rough moment. Pretty much. Um, I also think, and I don't know this for a fact and I make assumptions all the time and we don't know what we didn't say. Right. Because obviously these are long dates. They, there's plenty of things that get left on the cutting room floor, but it just feels a little suspicious to me that we've seen them say in interviews and on the show that like, they haven't gotten a lot of time with a lot of these guys because there's two of them. And I think, you know, night one, they did some combined talks night this, as it went along, the guy who got kicked out last week, can't remember his name had said he hadn't even spoken to Gabby yet. So there's clearly like not a lot of time. And I know there's extra guys, like it's a lot, whatever. You don't get a lot of time. But the fact that there's been time for Gabby to be with the ones that I'm sure the producers now don't want to be with her. Mm. And we see that, like, I hope she got time with the other guys too, but it made it seem like at least for the audience that she really only got just the pummeled one-on-one-on-one. -on -one -on -one. And like, they knew which guy, they, the producers know who they like. And yeah. I know we need to see it as the audience member, maybe. So we're like, this is why Hayden's only with Rachel now. Cause he told Gabby, but I just feel like it, it felt, and like even last week on the, on the date, it felt a little bit like the other way around, like all the guys like Gabby and Rachel was the one, like, I don't know. It just feels very pointed. Like who gets to see who? Yeah. You have, and you have to wonder if there were really nice moments that we didn't get to see for Gabby that night, or if it really was just kind of like these three guys breaking up with her. <laughs> yeah. And I know she, then it like caused her to not necessarily want to keep going. Cause she said she like had a breakdown and like, didn't get to talk to one of the guys that I can't remember who Rachel asked her about. And I just thought, yeah, it must be emotionally exhausting. But I, I liked the idea that she didn't give the group date rose. That was the wildest part was Rachel's face when that happened. Because it was very clear that Rachel was not clued into that. Because she said, I'm not giving a group date rose tonight. And Rachel just goes. Yeah, shocked. And then like kept her jaw dropped for a couple of seconds. It was just like, and was like pissed, but also surprised. Yeah. And you could see that in her face. And then she's like, what happened? And then Gabby explains. She's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm sorry you had such a bad night. I wonder if, did anyone break up with Rachel that night and say, I'm just going for Gabby? Did Not that it? what we saw from last night's episode, which again, who knows, it might have. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering about. Because whichever guy that, I can't remember who it was, but Rachel specifically asked, did you get to talk to this guy? So maybe that guy did that to Rachel. So she knew like maybe he was going to be looking for Gabby. I can't remember who it was. If you're on a group date scenario like that and you know Rachel comes in, gives her rose to Avon and whatever, and Gabby is like, I'm not giving one. Do you think that gets across like the message? Because that's kind of what she was wanting to do, like to be like, I'm not happy. And like, we're shaking things up. Like if you're a contestant's point of view, are you like, all right, like we're in for something tonight because that was weird. Yeah, she made a really strong statement with that. And I'm kind of glad she did because you know it's not just it's like not status quo anymore she's like hey this is messed up something's not working correctly here like step up yeah like you guys got to step it up one way or another and then we get into the guys are they learn that this rose ceremony is going to be different and if they accept their rose from rachel they're on rachel's journey if they accept their rose from gabby they're on gabby's journey and it puts them in an interesting position because in some ways yes 
you should definitely decline the rose if you're interested in the other one, but it is early. And I just feel like some of these guys maybe should have just accepted the rose instead of rejecting <laughs> poor Rachel three times in a row. This rose ceremony was wild. Yeah. Uh, Edge of your seat TV. Really? Yeah, for sure. Because like the, and especially it's so funny when uh, it was Termaine who rejected the first rose, right? Mm -hmm. Rejects the rose. And then Jesse Palmer comes sprinting out and he's like, Hey, just to tell you the rules that I, I think I just made up. up. Yeah. (laughs) If you reject a rose, that rose is gone. That was crazy. What? I wonder if they knew that if they wouldn't have done it. I don't know. And that's a great question. It's like, there's so many politics and strategy then that goes into this like do i try to accept this rose from whoever and then just talk to the person afterwards or do i yeah could I mean, like is there trades down the line it's still unclear i didn't think of that could they offer a trade, if something trade? it's like it feels like we're like playing fantasy something some sport yeah. i don't know um but jesse palmer got more steps in than chris harrison did in all those years because he, he had to really keep running did. back in yeah that was that was wild and yeah. The fact that they didn't tell them that beforehand or they hadn't decided that. I right. I agree. It was crazy. And I definitely feel bad for Rachel in that moment. No one wants to feel rejected. Um, even if, cause then I look on the flip side, I almost would rather have a smaller group of guys that I felt like were really, I knew were there for me and I felt confident in versus like Gabby's group. I don't know how many I would like stand out that actually so far at least have a strong connection with her. Mm. And Rachel's, I feel like they, it's like getting deep quick and she might have less or she might be embarrassed. And I would never want to live through that moment. Like that would just be a tough moment. And I get that. And I, she handled it amazing. I would burst into tears the second, the first one said, no, just out of pure, like, I'm sad. Just like the same way yeah. someone would reject rejection. you at a bar. Yeah. Like yep. rejection's not fun. But I think at the end of the day, it actually will go a long way because she has a group that is like really ha- like wants to be there for her. And I feel like maybe Gabby might have a few that are like, feeling out being on the bachelorette and like her but like mm. i don't know so you think rachel's group of guys is more serious about rachel than gabby's group of guys is i do and i don't know why necessarily mm-hmm. with the exception of nate who i think definitely yeah. we know and i'm sure some of these guys we just haven't really seen get time but i just feel like a lot of the names i'm like oh you haven't been a factor at all and i can like name like four that i, I feel like i could pick rachel's top four right now so what do you think about this split that's the question was this the right move should they have waited longer this is kind of unprecedented. So what do you think this was what they should have done? I think it's what they should have done because if they waited any longer, I think it would have gotten really dark, but I think they can't be surprised because it looks like at least Logan, I think is on the commercial. If there are guys that like regret the decision, because I also don't know, like, how is it going to work? It looks like maybe when they're in Paris, like they're out on like almost like a double date. Right. But then in theory, they're still really at the same level of getting to know both of them. So what if one of them is like a little too flirty with the other one? 100% 100% that's going to happen. Like somebody's yeah. going to switch. Somebody's going to realize that like, oh, I made the wrong choice. I should have gone with this. And that we even saw that at the end of the episode with Meatball. What's Meatball doing? <laughs> what was that? Because it, it's what I call the moment of Zen. Because that's from the, like the Daily Show back in the day. They would show okay. a little clip at the very end. And it's always just like funny and goofy and lighthearted. And we see Meatball and his name's Meatball. So you're just like, oh, this is going to be a little lighthearted moment. Yeah. And it kind of is. But it's also kind of like important to the plot. They don't usually yeah. do they don't usually throw plot points in at the very end. No. This is interesting. I was like, what are we supposed to be feeling right now? Because it's it's Meatball going. So Meatball rejected Rachel's rose. Yes. But then at the very end of the episode, he goes back to Rachel and he says, basically, like, I think I made the wrong decision. Right. Is that what he was trying to say? And is he just like shooting a shot because he's like, well, why not? I just try to get back on the show. Or does he like actually like Rachel and just like panicked when he found out like the roses were going to be taken away? Because none none of the guys. What? Did he get sent home? Yeah. None of the guys that Rachel, that quote unquote rejected Rachel 
Gabby didn't give them rose. Didn't give any of them roses. So oh, all three of them, Termaine, I think that's the same, right? Um, Meatball and Alec, all three of them didn't get roses from Gabby after they rejected Rachel's. And I think they should have had the foresight to know that these two probably pre-decided. Like, I, I know they said they picked the rose separate. They, they right. decided separately. I don't think these two are doing anything separately. I think they very much went through this list and picked which guys were getting which. So I don't think it was a smart move to think you were going to like, in the moment, she was then going to like pull an audible and be like, okay, I want meatball because you didn't take him. Like, I don't think they were so, doing that. Wait, okay. This makes more sense to me now. I must have missed that. So Termaine, Meatball, and Alec all rejected Rachel's rose? Yes. So Did then- reject Gabby's rose? Not that we saw- when we, so the whole is, theme of the episode is that Gabby didn't feel like anyone wanted her. It's that's so That's the crazy confusing. thing. It's like both bachelorettes are just getting pummeled with rejection one way or another. I know. It's not it's really fair because it's they're yeah. supposed to be there like in control. So I do get their frustration. But then again, like there's so much more to talk about than normal on this show. So like it's interesting. I just don't know if it's great for anyone's morale. Oh, so damn. Rachel's got to be feeling rough then because she got you know, yeah. three guys who said no who wanted to right. be with Gabby. But yeah. But maybe so, Meatball back. Do you think Meatball is going to be invited back? Do you think he'll just inexplicably be at the next like group date? Or are they going to like follow that's up? That's what I didn't realize. I thought for some reason that Gabby had given Meatball a rose. Oh. I didn't realize that he got sent home. So that was him at the end begging for a rose. I yes. didn't realize that. Oh, shit. Not a great look for Meatball. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he, what, he, he, he was basically just like, uh, I made a split second decision. And I was wrong. And I want you now. Yeah. It's like, I forgot which, your name. Like, it's like, I forgot which one of you I liked. Like, I don't know. And again, like the guys, they don't know them that well. So I do get why it's they, early. it's still early. Yeah. It's so early, but that's why it's like, I almost feel like you just shouldn't have rejected the rose unless you really didn't like the person. Like you couldn't even be friends after this or whatever, but otherwise I feel like just like go for the ride a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's so early. If Yeah. Honestly. And on, there was no time to strategize because no one really knew how this would exactly. work. Exactly. You take the rose. If anything, yeah, leave leave the next day if you like have regrets. Yeah. And then you get a nice goodbye storyline and that always you, goes well. <laughs> you take the rose and you see if there's a connection there and you see if you're allowed to switch. If, yeah, if there's not. I think so too. I think it was a mistake to turn down any rose, but let the record show for anyone who missed it or wants a list. I do have... Rachel has eight and it's because she had two roses that she gave out earlier and Gabby didn't give out a group date rose. So Gabby has nine guys and Rachel has eight because she gave out an extra one. Um, So she has Zach, Avon, Tino, Logan, Tyler, Ethan, Jordan, and Hayden, who somehow snuck in there, even though he was kind of rude to Gabby. I feel like that was Rachel being like, I know you're not going to say no. So you get my last one because they said you were here for me. Right. Yep. That's the, your rough around the edges guy. That's yeah. It. Rough around the edges, which ooh, just, I don't know. There's so many other ways you could have said it. Brutal. Brutal. And Gabby's nine are Eric, Nate, Johnny, Spencer, Jason, Mario, Kirk, Quincy, and Michael. There you have it. Do you have any like predictions you want to throw out there in case you're right? And you can have the, the um, proof. What are my predictions? <laughs> Honestly, there was so much to process and digest in this episode. There uh, was. I think it's going to, someone's going to switch or try to switch sides maybe a couple people and it's going to be really dramatic and really hurtful yeah uh i think so too (laughs) (laughs) my bold guess has been that i think rachel's with tino and i think gabby's solo damn okay and not again i think gabby's amazing i just think she's maybe she's a little older and i think she's kind of like i think she's gonna like leave the process it's gonna be some sort of like i learned about myself and like i love myself kind of moment and i think gabby and i think rachel is with tino but i I know nothing i haven't read any spoilers i haven't been spoiled 
Um, I try to make it as long as I can. It never lasts in this job, but as of right now, I don't know. Um, and that's my, my guess. So I don't know. I hope Gabby's with someone. I, I, I want them both to be happy, but I would also just have a hard time believing this is going to work for both of them. Yeah. You got to wonder if, if the fairy tale conditions can line up for both people or yeah. it's inevitable that it'll, it'll only work for one of them. I mean, even casting wise, in theory, they're casting for the lead, but there's two of them that are very right. different women at different ages, different parts of their life. Like how does that even happen? And it yeah. kind of happened with Tasha slash Claire for like a second. And then it didn't happen. <laughs> what a wild ride that one was. I mean, again, great team. That's why they do have to mix it up. But I'll ask you from your perspective, because I think Tina was such a clear front runner and that's literally from three episodes. So I could be wrong. Sometimes I'm so off and sometimes I'm on, but for you on your season, like, did you know that Blake was going to be it for Katie or was that, and I guess he came in later, so it's harder, but did you guys like, know? Cause I remember there's a few people that have said it's so obvious and others are like, Oh, I had no idea that they were like, had a connection at all. It was no, it was really tough. Uh, we knew that a few people had really good connections with her. Um, definitely Blake, Greg, you know, Michael A. Like there were guys who you could just tell that she really gravitated towards and that sort of thing. But it, you, you, we didn't, it wasn't like a, like a Claire. Dale situation. Dale situation. <laughs> I mean, not many are, but it's just interesting. Cause I remember, I think it was someone on Ben Higgins season has said, like, I remember seeing Ben look at Lauren at the airport when we like saw each other and it was like, mm -hmm. Oh, why are we all still here? Like he's looking at her in a way that he's not looking at anybody else. So I think sometimes maybe it is obvious to the contestants. Other times people go far and they're like, no, like I thought it was me. Like genuinely. Right. And it's crazy just how much a day can change things in all right. of this. Because you just, you know, if you get to spend a little extra time and you see a side of that person you didn't see before, then there's a connection there. And it's, it's just crazy how quickly things can change. Yeah, it's true. Well, what have, I'm, we're going to play Bachelor Regrets in a second, but what have you been up to since your time on the show? You have a band, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Tell me been about a, it. a really cool year. Um, basically, so, you know, I was a math teacher right. uh, and then I quit the math teacher job after a year, basically. Well, I did like a year and a half. Um, I'm not a trained teacher. I kind of pivoted into teaching. Okay. Um, I love math. You just love math. I love math, <laughs> love science. I've always been a tutor. So okay. I love kids too. Um, and so I kind of did that for a year and a half. And it was, I loved working with the kids. That was my favorite part of it, but it was a tough job, especially during a pandemic. Oh my God, yeah. Um, and so Kids then, can't learn math. It's hard to learn math. In person, I can't imagine trying to look at a Zoom screen and following an equation yeah. or anything at all. Like, I would be zoned that, out the entire time. That was what I tried to do was to try to find ways to make it fun and to make yeah. it like, hey, this is why math and science are cool and important uh, and not just boring numbers. I don't care if you have this formula memorized. I want you to know why it's important and how math can apply in real life. How old were the kids that you were teaching? Uh, eighth grade and freshman year of high school. Okay. So you definitely zoned out looking at the computer screen. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. taking a break from the teaching and yes. more focused on the music full-time is kind of where we're at. Yeah. So I got to do uh, basically music full-time. I did a couple of piano bar tours, oh, which cool. was so fun. So I did... Uh, I got to do like a New York show um, over Halloween, which was a blast. I bleached my hair blonde. Oh. Uh, and I dressed up as Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance. Fun. Costume, and I got to play a show there. That was a blast. I'd always wanted to bleach my hair blonde, so I thought, why not? And it um, looks like it grew back fine. Looks great. Yes, I dyed it back <laughs> and it grew back out. So it was just kind of a little... It's a risk with the, with the bleach, yeah, but it looks good. Sure. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I went on a piano bar through the Midwest. I've done dueling pianos for... Mm -hmm. this, seven or eight years now, which I just absolutely love. And so I worked with a place called Howl at the Moon that has a bunch of locations around the US um, and got to just do shows there and play. Like I did my piano karaoke show 
Okay. So I literally got people up on stage. I would play the piano. They would sing songs. A lot of them wore cat ears, which was pretty funny. <laughs> oh my God, iconic. There you go. Yeah, but it was just, it was a, a dream come true to be able to, you know, go, tour around the U.S. kind of on my own and, and play songs for people. And that, that's what I love doing is bringing people together with music. Yeah. And then more recently in, I think it was May, uh, my little sister is a drummer. And so oh. I took her on tour with me to Texas and we went through a few locations in Texas and did the same thing. So she played drums while I was playing piano. So you can picture like, WAP, and I'm like sitting there playing the piano, and she's playing the drums, and we get oh somebody to like rap WAP with us. Like it was just it it, it was an absolute blast. Oh my so, god, that's amazing! Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then I kind of realized that I miss having a full time job, and I miss structure. I, I have kind of two passions in life: it's music, and I absolutely adore music, but I also adore science and math, and I kind of need both of those to feel like a normal whole human. So it's like up in Wisconsin, I had my, I lived in Wisconsin for five years. Mm -hmm. I had my day job as a nuclear engineer. And then I worked as a dueling pianist, you know, one or two nights a week type of thing. And that was perfect. Right. I got to play songs when I wanted to, you know, once, twice a week. But then I had my like structure of science and math during the day. So I've been on the job hunt. uh, Okay. Always. Always a blast. (laughs) Yeah. So the past couple months, I've just been applying to a ton of jobs um, and interviewing a few different places and got a couple job offers here and there trying to get back into medical physics basically okay medical physics <sighs> sounds sounds important <laughs> <laughs> sounds yeah, above my head <laughs> <laughs> it's a really cool field it's basically uh, a lot of imaging and a lot of cancer treatment you know you've oh, wow. got these machines in the hospital that have a ton of physics behind them and how they're built and so the medical physicist kind of has an understanding of how all that works and goes in and makes sure all the machines are working correctly because when you're delivering radiation to someone, you want to make sure you're in the right spot. Right. Exactly in the right spot. Right. So that's what the medical physicist does. Kind of goes. In the guy it. who wore a cat costume on The Bachelorette was working with medical physicists. Everyone, there's sides to everyone. That's right. <laughs> we uh, we contain multitudes. Yes. Is there any <laughs> um, plans for more Bachelor reality TV in your future? Or you feel good about uh, the two stints? I, you know, I feel good about where I'm at. I think um, it was a lot. I learned a lot. But for now, yeah, I'm ready to just kind of focus on, and I did, you know, a bunch of the Instagram stuff and had a bunch yeah. of fun with that. It was great. But w- what you kind of realize is that uh, social media is fun, but it can't be your life. Yeah. At least for me, it, it you know, it you should need, be a balance for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, you need to have a, a, a day life that you really enjoy, like a day-to-day life in the real world with people you care about getting to you know talk to them and that sort of thing. And so what I found is like when I didn't have that as much as I want, here. I, I, you know, I wasn't as happy as I want to be, even though I, you know, the Instagram stuff was super fun. So yeah, yeah. looking to kind of invest more in my day-to-day life, find a day job again and see what happens. Dating after the show, easier or harder? So much harder. Really? <laughs> yes. Uh, which was really surprising. Um, especially right after it was, yeah. it was bad. And I just, because like, you know, people DM you and, you know, that sort of thing. And, but then they're not really interested a lot of times in you as a person. They're interested in you as a character or they're yeah. interested in just learning more about the show. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of stuff, crazy stuff happened. Like, uh, you know, people would make TikToks about me. Like if they, they would like DM me and I'd be like, oh shit, you're super hot. And then yeah. they would just like screenshot it and be like, Connor B from The Bachelorette DM'd me and said I was hot. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Oh no, that's not cool. Yes, we're done DMing people. Oh my God, (laughs) just for clout. Yeah, yeah. And that was, that wasn't great. Or um, then I got on the dating apps for a while. I got on uh, Hinge and immediately screenshotted, turned into a viral TikTok. Catman from fucking Bachelorette is on (laughs) Hinge. And actually, 
yeah, there was a girl who I didn't even match with who screenshotted my hinge, made a viral TikTok of it. And I was just like, okay, thanks for outing right. me on it, I guess. We didn't even match, but that's fine. Apparently she was uh, telling people that we went on a date. Oh no. And this is someone I didn't even match with on hinge. So just like. Well, this is also PSA to everyone listening. When you see those viral TikToks of the guys on the season and they're claiming this, the reason why sometimes things don't get picked up in mainstream media is because we can't confirm that it really happened. So don't believe everything you see on the anonymous stuff because anyone can say anything and that sucks. That would not be fun. 100%. Like uh, way worse with Clayton and the TikTok girl. Did you follow Oh that? yeah, that was crazy. She totally, they, his, the the random, he, she hooked up with someone who kind of looked like Clayton and told everyone it was Clayton. And then like, the, he had to like prove where he was at a gym at the, uh, the other side of the country. That was that nuts. That shit was nuts. And what 100% happened is a guy who kind of looked like Clayton told her that he was Clayton. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and that's tough. Like, I'm sorry, girl, you, I don't know what's worse. Like, bragging, Bestie. like, trying to act like you broke up Clayton and Susie or hooking up with a guy who, like, lied to you and said it was Clayton and then bragging about it. Like, either way, like, maybe think before you're going to the internet with all of this within two seconds. People just be doing anything for clout. Yeah, so it's true. Most, most of everything that came after Bachelorette was amazing. I, like, tons of amazing people reached out and, like, said beautiful things. And their dating was just weird. Yeah. And I think it happens a lot, just like you said, right after the show and probably like evens out to some, there's always going to be some people, but um, I also think that's why a lot of Bachelor contestants end up going back to people they dated before they went on the show. Mm -hmm. And I think it's partly like maybe the person they were with, like realize like, oh, you don't wish you got till it's gone, but also like you come comfort and like someone you knew or like met their mutual friend because you don't know like who people's intentions anymore right after the show. Right. Yeah. Especially, I mean, it's, it's faded now because it's been, you know, more than a year. Yeah different but yeah i think you're right or like why people end up dating within bachelor nation right like katie well. and john yeah oh yeah what did you think of that when that happened just because you you know you know katie ish you met john at least once i don't know yeah no i i and i love john on the show too um that was wild that was wild but <laughs> was the that... cool thing what i saw like watching the video and hearing the story of like how how beautiful and romantic of a moment that must have been when they were like, oh my God, we're not best friends. We're actually like in love. Like just thinking about, man, if that, like to go through that must have been so emotional and like beautiful and such like yeah. this catharsis moment for them. And then sadly has ended very recently. Within the past yeah, years. yeah. I mean, Katie's had a wild year from going to Matt's season straight to Bachelorette to then Blake. That was like, the, like that's a lot to unpack. So it kind of makes sense that her first, like another serious relationship right after, even if they were, you know, meant for, they maybe just like aren't right place, right time. I don't know. Um, I'd have to ask them, but I would just love to be a fly on the, like any bachelor at season 17 group chat when that 12 days of messy was dropping, you know? Oh yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> I mean, was the chat growing, blowing up? Was everybody like, what yeah, is she doing? We were, we were chatting a little bit. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> Wild. Katie's one who I appreciated as a reporter that she does not hold back on tea on, on social media, but I don't know. I feel like sometimes it would, her life would be easier if she did. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's play Bachelor Regrets real quick and then I'll let okay. you go. Um, so these are just like some things that it's not necessarily like regret has like a negative connotation, but you can say, sure. of course, I don't regret that. That was awesome. It's just okay. like a way to talk about things. Because the first one is, of course, do you regret the cat costume? Not at all. Uh, <laughs> um, I, you know, I wonder about this sometimes how far I would have made it without the cat suit that <laughs> but because what it what it let me do I was so nervous going in literally like I was like why am I here what am I doing here like yeah holy shit this is crazy I never thought I'd actually end up here and the cat suit gave me this weird power of just being like you know what who cares like if I get sent home at least I made her laugh at least I made the guys laugh like we had a fun moment great 
Whereas if I'd been in just a suit like everybody else, I would have kind of just felt like a face in the crowd. Yeah. Like I got to do something special and fun. Um, and then also just the way that like people loved it and really connected with it and appreciated it and uh, sometimes still meow at me on occasion. Do they? I do get meowed at. Yeah. Oh uh, my. Cat called, if you will. That must be a weird experience. Yeah. So I did the Bachelor Live on stage tour thing. Right. Months ago. And this woman followed me around and, and meowed at me the entire time. She would just, she walked in and she'd go, oh, you're kind of a cat guy. Meow. Uh, was there wine in there? Just on her end. <laughs> and so my, my mom and my sister and I always say that to each other now. We just start meowing at each other. But that's, and it wasn't once. She just like literally followed me around and meowed at me. And I was like, ha okay. Oh Stop. my God. <laughs> okay. That's a new one. I mean, but I will say the costumes make you memorable. Like you're Alexis dolphin shark. Like people are never going to forget your con or the cat and con or cat that ended up working out yep. in your favor. Also, yep. um, do you regret any ukulele playing on the beaches of paradise? No. And because that, that wasn't really for anybody other than me mm -hmm. because music is such a big part of my life. And the way I process a lot of things is putting in my headphones and going and being a sad boy off by myself so if I don't have my headphones, I need music somehow. So like when I was feeling really down, I would go play ukulele and try to be by myself. So, and obviously like I played songs for people because I love bringing people together and like playing music for people, but I need an instrument or music of some sort to be able to process things. So that's just a part of who I am. Because Lance Bass got a little shady and tried to suggest that you were there for your music career. And it sounds like you were just playing a ukulele to kill some time. Not my Twitter feud with Lance Bass and Nick Vial. <laughs> I mean, I'm nothing if not a, a journalist researcher. That was so stupid. That was so dumb. And I, I loved meeting Lance Bass and I was so excited. And I was like, holy shit, incredible. Uh, and that, yeah, basically I think what happened is like he had seen our episodes and we hadn't yet. Right. You have to imagine this whole thing happens and then you have no idea what they're going to show. Air. I literally told myself they're not going to show me at all. I had to tell myself that. Yeah. Because like, otherwise I like, that's the only way I can be normal is if I tell myself none of this is going to air. And so Lance Bass comes on the beach. And he's like, Oh yeah, I watched your first three or four episodes. And we're like, what, what oh, happens? Man. Like, what do they do in it? And I think, cause I had played a song for Katie and I was like, Oh, did they show my song or something like that? Oh, and he was and like, so Oh, he, was he like, only cares about his song. That's the only thing he cares about. It was like, all the guys were like asking questions like, Oh, did this moment make it in? Did this moment make it in? And I'm like, Oh, did they show my song at all? Because yeah. I thought for sure they hadn't shown like anything of me, but uh, apparently Lance Bass took that as, oh, he's here for his country music career. The best part is Nick, <laughs> when he did his podcast, goes, Connor B. So it's, it's him and you know, Lance yeah. Bass. But Connor B, yeah. You know, never met the guy, but I don't like him. He hosted a group date that I was on. Oh, my God. He hugged me while I was crying. Oh no. You know, I'm sitting there sobbing. I just like poured out my entire heart. Like, yes. I'm like, dude, so great to meet you. Like, you're amazing. Thank you for being here and like doing this. And then on his podcast, he's like, yeah, I've never met the guy, but he, he sucks. <laughs> oh, Nick, 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 Nick. I feel like, oh boy. Okay. And then he was just like, yeah, I just can't root for the guy. Okay. And that's huh. whatever. That was, that was dumb. For Lance, it was punching down too. Yeah. But it's I still, also, it's, it's, I still it's, you still love Lance. Okay. You can still listen to InSync. It hasn't Absolutely. ruined it. No, he's an incredible musician. And seems like a great guy. It was just, do you, do you listen to the vile files? I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> I don't. Oh man. I'm the not the only one. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, I understand because the like alums do like recap and I'm sure they, they, those do really well, but it, it becomes, it's a hard balance for sure of criticizing people you don't know, especially when you can relate to being in their shoes. Um, mm -hmm. 
Do you regret any tears shed on Katie's season? No, not at all. Um, because I, you know, it was an incredibly emotional experience. And that's one of the things, not that I loved about it, but like I learned so much about myself from being on it. Yeah. And, you know, I was who I am and what I experienced. And I, I don't know if I've cried that much in a really long time. So maybe I needed it. Honestly. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it shows that like I, what I felt was real. Yeah, you know, and important, and regardless of what happened during or after, like those emotions were real, and also like seeing the way the guys responded and cried too was pretty wild. Yeah, that was an emotional episode of that program. Um, do you regret pursuing Marissa on Bachelor in Paradise when because she had a stronger connection with Riley? I know you didn't know it at the time, but no, you know this is this is good because I don't have a lot of regrets, so this is actually really good to think about. Um, Marissa was a blast. And what they, they didn't show a lot of was like, we were goofballs together and it was just mm-hmm. super funny and super easy. And, you know, the stakes weren't that high. Like we'd only known each other for a few days or something like that. So the fact that she hit it off with Riley and, you know, I was sad on the beach. It's totally, it's okay. She yeah. A stronger connection with someone else. I, that doesn't make me regret having a blast with her on the beach for a few days. Did you have fun filming Paradise? So it seems like you did compared <laughs> to, because some people, you know, maybe not. <laughs> Um, it was a shit show. Right. That's what I always tell people, uh, especially, yeah, I mean, I wasn't there very long and Trey and I both kind of unraveled is what we said. Like it was just so much went down. Like it was a lot. I had like, looking back, I had fun, but in a, like the sort of like traumatic fun way if that makes sense do you think part of that is because you go straight from film if you go straight from filming a season onto another one and now there's just like no air conditioning and crabs and like you haven't been home long enough yeah honestly that's a great point and you don't know what you're gonna we hadn't seen our show yet we don't know what you're gonna look like on tv you don't know yeah. if they're gonna edit you to you know be a villain or anything like that so you're just kind of showing up and no one on the beach knew who we were so yeah they didn't care as much about us because they well, not necessarily that, but like they came in hoping to meet certain people. Right. They didn't even know we existed. So yeah, that makes it hard. Yeah. Um, do you regret anything about that live kiss live on air? That was a fun one. For oh, you. hell no. That was amazing. Tara Kelly. Uh, you guys still yeah. in touch? Yeah, no, we're still, we're still friends. She's, she's a peach. Um, she's a musician in LA. One of the kindest hearted people I think I've ever met in my life. She oh, is that's good. really, really incredible. Uh, what I do regret is all that dumb shit that came out afterwards and all the like hate she got for being like a paid actor or something like that. Like that was right. like, stupid and, and hurtful. Yeah. She's a really great person. Okay, good. And that was uh, a, a, honestly probably one of my favorite moments from this entire Really? Time. Okay. That was fun. Like it was fun to watch. Um, and then last one, I know you're not going to regret it, but I just wanted to bring it up. Do you regret clapping back at reality, Steve, for claiming that you were going to be on this season? <laughs> what, did you think ever get you to the bottom yet. of that? You don't know yet. True. Maybe I'm still going to show up. Something tells me ABC wouldn't allow you on this call if you were going to show up. Maybe I'm a late contender. <laughs> Maybe. Um, did you ever get to the bottom of that? I think what happened is I was, uh, I was in LA around the time that filming was supposed to start. Cause I was going to Hunter's sobriety party. Okay. So I figure somebody must have seen me in the airport or something like that. And I'm like, why is Connor from Nashville in LA right when filming is starting? Right. Like That's that. a fair way to start speculation, but to confirmation is a little tough. That was, that was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Connor. You know what? It's all good. It all ended well. But, um, and I feel like overall, it's going to be one of those things like you seem to look back and you can like laugh at anything that happened, which is like the most important part. Yeah. And when I went off on Twitter, then I had so many people reaching out and saying kind things like the, the, the swell and outpouring of 
kind things and great words so much eclipsed all the mean shit that people said yeah that's so that's good. that's the good thing that came out of it and that's like sometimes yeah bachelor nation can be really toxic but sometimes it'll also really surprise you yeah oh i you love that to, you have to call them out a little bit <laughs> yeah i think i think people need to be held accountable and they sometimes they forget that people are reading it and it's no excuse yeah. to spew nonsense on the internet but i think people do really underestimate like that people are going to see it no matter how much you tell them but yeah i just i don't know there's a fun way to watch this show without attacking people's actual character and lives 100%, yeah um 100%. I, I try to preach that I yeah, try to preach absolutely. that. Me too. Um, well, thank you so much for giving me so much of your time. This was so fun. Where can people follow you? Keep up with you. Anything you got going on? Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Connor Falcon. Uh, let's see. I've got a band, Sweet Josephine. Um, and that's yeah with my roommate, Sam. And then let's see. Is there anything else I want to plug? Oh, my mom has a book. Can I plug that real quick? Sure. It's really cool. So she wrote a book about her family. I didn't talk about this much on the show. Uh, it is treasuring my transgender child, the auditorium in my mind. So it's okay. my mom, Lisa Brennan. It's on Amazon. Basically my family's the best family in the entire world. And my younger sister is transgender. And so it's this just beautiful story about us and a really happy story about like LGBT community type stuff. And sometimes there's not uh, enough happy stories. So this is one. Totally. Of so yeah. Well, that would have been something interesting to learn about you on the show. Yeah, I uh, was planning on talking to Katie about it at the dinner that I got sent home before. Oh, damn, <laughs> damn. Right. That's okay. You're talking about it now. Everyone can go yeah. check that out. That's very cool and important was, in real life stuff. I was also hesitant to talk about it because you just, Bachelor Nation is rough sometimes. And can be talked about things like that. Yeah, but that would have been interesting to see like how they're interesting, not, not fair because you don't want to risk something being interesting, but the reaction yeah. would have been um, I don't know, just something that I would have been interested to see, hopefully yeah, in a yeah, positive absolutely. way, but I think it would have been would have been interesting. Well, thank you so much again for joining me. And if you ever want to come back and talk about another episode, open invitation. Heck yes. I had a blast doing this. So thanks so much for having me. 